Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Full Change with Tom Laidlaw. And we are and we're rolling in English. Oh, that's right. We are rolling in English. What is that? That's some kind of Norwegian. Some kind of, yeah. It's, it's, it sounds like a Norwegian farmer having a stroke. We've got a new segment to the show. This is, show is always developing. Yeah. Evolving. Oh, just like you and me. Right. We're just so, always Actually, we're going to have like half an hour of different accents. We figure out what they are. Oh, boy. Oh, that's what, yeah. I'll do an accent and then you'll figure out what it is. Uh, well, geez, I do Martian. All right. So, anyway, but so, so we're going to have a good show today. But I wanted a, you know, a listener, um, Christine Smith of New Jersey oh, suggested talented Christine Smith. She said, "Because I have this bad habit, and you called me a, a week ago, so I just started run, you know, just started riffing off these dad jokes. I have a habit of every time we go to eat somewhere, I just go right to the dad jokes, and my kids hate it, oh, wife yeah, hates totally. it. I love it, yeah. and sometimes getting people laugh is cool. So isn't that part of the fun of the bad dad jokes? Is that nobody else wants you to do it? She must keep up power. True, right? yeah. She always like, please, I forgive him. Please apologize. I forgive me. I'm sorry, but he." Um, here, let's let's just break in some. I'll see if I can get you to laugh at some of these okay. dad jokes. Now, I didn't write many of these, but um, I'm still going to read them anyway. Okay? okay, let's go. All right. So, I seem to only get sick on weekdays. I must have a weekend immune system. That's good. Okay. All right. Well, how about the? Uh, there was a, the, I watched the video. The guy said, uh, "The I think it's Bangladesh is going to have a mission to the sun." And the U.S. said, "Well, you can't go to the sun. You'll get burned up." And the Bangladesh people came back and said, "Well, we're only going to go at night." Not bad, not bad. I have a—I don't know if you know this, but I, I have a serious fear of elevators. Wow. But I'm taking steps to avoid it. There you go. I like it. Uh, we've got a lot of people around here have a, uh, infatuated. They're infatuated with owls. Who? <laughs> <laughs> what do? You, that's a good one. Actually, you you texted me that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Too. A lot of people wouldn't jump back with who. No, I think, yeah. Yeah. Right. What do you call a Frenchman wearing sandals? Philippe flop. That's so bad. What do you call? Uh, these are kind of bad. What do you call the guy in the pool with the arms and the legs? I know that. Bob. Bob. <laughs> I just found out that I'm colorblind. Uh, that news came out of the purple. Oh, okay. All right. I like the one. I have to stop. That is not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. What, uh, what time was it when the uh, uh, elephant side of your fence? I have to get a new fence. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I told you all these. Are no, I think I've heard some, but they're still good. My 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 father is notorious for 
but his usually have like a sexual component to it. When he calls me, he tells me these terrible jokes, oh, but he's got such a long delivery. Oh, but yeah. let's get to it, man. All right. Um, let's see. My wife asked me the other day, my wife, Christine asked me the other day where I got so much candy from. I said, I always have a few twigs up my sleeve. That was weak. That was what it Yeah. Uh, well, this isn't a joke, but we talked about Costco before. Costco seems like a place where dads can always like try to as uh, embarrass their kids, right? Hundred percent. So I used to take my kids in there. They're smaller, Shane and Cody, and we were the people that if I saw them doing the stuff that we did back then, I'd be like, oh, "Must be disgusting." Like we, like Cody would get a, one of those office chairs and he'd be go around the store in the office chair a little bit. I'd let him do. That's funny. I like. You're not hurting anybody. So I would jump in the cooler. The coolers have the glass door. So I would get inside the cooler and I pretend that I was locked in banging on the glass door this big white hulk pink hulk guy banging on the door and Costco. and i've been doing like, the whole face and everything you know and the people are looking at me, what? Get, around, get around you know tom i i do this with you but i hate my job all i do is crush cans all day it's so depressing uh that's a, okay 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 what's the who was the what was the person uh, or no what was the woman's name that went to the beach man around sandy oh boy <laughs> delivery's good though delivery Dry delivery is definitely part of the dad jokes. You have to do that. Uh, my hotel tried to charge me $10 extra for air conditioning. It just wasn't cool. <laughs> that, that, that's pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, what was the guy's name uh, with no arms, no legs at the front door? Uh, or... Oh, boy. That's rough. <laughs> we, we're into sports, obviously. I'm trying to start a hide-and-seek team. But all the good players are hard to find. That's a good one. Well, okay, maybe that's why I'll wake up in the middle of the night and start laughing. All right. What, um, what uh, was the guy's name with no arms and no legs and leaning against the wall? Oh, that's easy. Oh. Lee, right? Or Eileen? Or, oh, or, oh, God, that's so bad. No, the woman with no arms and no legs is Eileen. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Or, no, with one leg. Ah. Yeah, yeah, I know. One leg is it. Yes. Yeah. Um, I used to run a dating service for chickens. I was struggling to make hens meet. It's so bad. No, they are. But that's the whole point of the bad dad jokes, right? So those, I hope we haven't lost everybody now with the yeah, really. dad jokes. But do you, uh, yeah, so you, you'd be a big goofball with your, your kids, I can imagine. Oh, totally, yeah. No, and, and they're pretty good at it now, too. Like, we give it, like, they're, my, I thought about before, 32 and 30, Shane and Cody. And uh, so we get together. It's it's a lot of fun. Like, you know, it, it, it's just how it happened, right? It's like overnight, all of a sudden, they became, man. Right. And we're together. It's just zinging each other all the time. That's so right. pretty good my kids, well, my son, who's eight, he he thinks I'm the greatest. So anything I say is super funny. But my girls are like, oh, come uh, on. No, they're teenagers. Like, stop. These jokes are embarrassing. Uh, but poor, like, so my oldest one's married. The younger one's got the girlfriend. Those poor girls. Because we're over, like, Thanksgiving dinner. It turns into a fart fest, too. That's <laughs> just, <laughs> the girls have a fantastic sense. What, wait, you're just ripping in front of her? Oh, in front of like, their, oh, their wives and girlfriends? Yeah. Really? Usually, like, what a tip bag. What do you think about men that fart? Either that farts equal funny. Howard Stern. Oh, is that what he said? Oh, well, God, yeah. My, my Cody, he was younger. Uh, I guess which is true. They say fecal matter actually comes out. But so if I, I would have put her off his food. <laughs> <laughs> this is wrong with you. Oh, it's hilarious. You just, one thing, you can't fart at the dinner table. That's just not. Oh, no. Yeah, that, that's even better. How about farting at church? You ever farted in church? I've been to church in a while, but I'm sure. Oh, the wooden benches there? Oh, but let's, oh my God, you know, let's slide. Because you just think, you know, you're, okay, you're going to squeak one out. That it, it starts rattling off the wooden bench. Oh. Now, see, that's God probably telling you that's not cool to fart in his church, maybe. Oh, I saw George Carlin did a skin on God. He said, no, let's get this straight. Uh, here's what religion has taught us. Uh, up in the sky, there's an invisible man. Right. Um, and he, he watches everything all day long. And he's, by the way, he comes yep. to you, right? He watches everything all day long. 
and he's got these 10 things that he doesn't want you to do. But if you do any of these 10 things, he's going to send you to this place where there's fire, yep. you're going to live to the end of time, they're burning up and pain and all this kind of stuff. But he loves you. Yeah. And then he says he's an absentee landlord. Yeah. Or it's like, God. yeah, that he, he's great. He also says people should worship the sun because if that goes out, we're all done. That George Carlin was incredible. Even his, if you go back and see his his stuff now, his writing was incredible. Yeah. It was spot on. It picked, he predicted things and how that are happening. Yeah. like he would, he, you know, he said it's a big club, Democrats, Republicans, and none of us are in it. That's right. Bill Burr's uh, got to be a decent friend. I said, like we're best buddies. He's, a, I think he's hilarious. He did a skit on marriage. He said, okay, let me get this straight. Fifty percent of marriages end in divorce. Said, what would you do if you were told that fifty percent of the planes going up in the air would crash? <laughs> we would never fly. So people are still doing it. They still get married. He, he, uh, he. Well, listen, you married twice. Yeah, I married once. Still going. Right. But you, uh, he did this great rant. He was in Philadelphia at some festival. And they were ripping on. You know, Philly fans can be ruthless, yeah. as you know. Yeah. And they were ripping on some, uh, some comic who had gone before. I forgot who it was. Maybe it was Don Marrero, who'd been around forever. And Bill Burgess went up and just did this epic rant. It was, and you, if people look it up, if they haven't heard it, it's great. You can find it on YouTube. He just starts berating them and just. He, I remember him saying that he just went after the sports teams and he just started going on the Phillies, the Flyers, the Eagles, the, and the food. And it was just awesome. And he's, he's, I know you, you're, you guys are friendly. He's, yeah. he's a great comedian. He was in here in Port Chester, New York at the Palace, I think it's called, old building that they kind of redid. They came in. So, you know, his, his humor is pretty crude too. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. So he starts into this routine and all of a sudden he realizes there's two little kids sitting up front. The parents couldn't find babysitters. No. So, he, but he, so he now starts to ad lib. And now he'd go hide behind the curtains and do his stuff. You know, it was hilarious because you could tell he he knows he has to do his routine, yeah, yeah. but he's a good man. He doesn't want to like say all this stuff. Uh, he's, yes. So he went ahead and did his routine. The parents were laughing. That he actually interviewed them. And he said, "Are you okay with this? Like, you understand my my humor?" And yet he was great. He had the whole family up on stage. No, no, he's a very cool, cool guy. I mean, Renaissance guy. He he's a drummer. They're a pretty good drummer now. Oh, and apparently, he's like a helicopter pilot. Oh, Bill Burton. Yeah, I didn't know this. Really, really tells a guy. We were backstage with him. I got to know it's a funny story. We did the, they had the, the Garden of Dreams uh, had a Garden of Laughs. Okay. So people like Bill Burr would come in and donate his time and do a comedy skit to raise money to go for the Garden of Dreams. Sure. So as a gift that to him, they gave him a couple hours of ice time at Massacre Garden at the middle of the day. Oh, so awesome. They, yeah, they invited myself, Brian Mullen. Uh, he wanted, I think he wanted me there because I played with Jade Miller. He's a big Jade Miller fan. <laughs> yeah. I played with Jade in LA. Boston guy, right? Yeah. yeah. So when uh, typically you play those games, Bill Burr wasn't a great skier. Most people leave him alone, let him carry the puck, and all that kind of stuff. Did you run him? Yeah. Knocked him out of that. Oh, nice. <laughs> well, we were going out in the locker room for the game, and everybody else is like, "What are you doing?" He was dying laughing. I can see his face. Was he chirping you? Hey, late oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Dumb head. Yeah. Like, what was he saying? And ever since I did that, he just like he'll call me with you know, shows and stuff. It's funny. He hear him backstage, but really like an intelligent, like it's like a, it's his profession. So he isn't just this goofball that's up there talking. He really knows. What he's no, there are no, I know a lot of, there are no dumb comedians. Yeah. That's, it takes so much work and so much creativity to write good jokes that, that land in our, he's one of the best ones that, that, that are out there. You're probably going to ask him after this show that we did. I think, well, after the dad jokes, we're going to get the scouter. I think scouts are listening. But today we have a, we have a great episode. We're going to have um, one of your former clients who is, it was also a very funny guy. And he forged a great career as a tough guy. And Warren Reichel, one of my f- first clients, my favorite clients. He was your first client? One of my first, I had another uh, a teammate is, uh, I think his teammate is Brad Berry. And then uh, Brad introduced me to Warren. Warren really, I hope I helped his career, I th- uh, but he really helped my career yeah, as well. Yeah, you guys helped each other. Yeah, like the, the style of player he was, I remember him playing, he played LA, uh, Anaheim, Colorado, won a cup there. Yeah. Just all hard. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I will definitely say at least a couple of times. It's going to be a great episode. People sit back, enjoy this ride with Warren Wright. Or let's see, you make this. Oh, boy. So we have another uh, great guest today. And shockingly, we have we have Stanley Cup champion. Shockingly, we have a former client of yours who did not fire you somehow. Today, we have Warren Reichel on the show. Bundy, what's happening, Big Matt? How you doing, Tom? Good to see you. Good to hear from you. You look healthy as usual. And a lot of good memories, man. A lot of good hours. Yes. So Bundy comes from, they shaved you, right? And you looked like King Kong Bundy. Is that when you got initiated? Yeah, I think it was back in my thing, my first year pro in Saginaw, uh, Billy... It was Jim Playfair, basically. And at the time, King Kong Bundy was a big wrestler. Right. Uh, they shaved my head, and there was a resemblance there. So it just King Kong Bundy, yeah. the Bundy just stuck over the years. So, yeah, everybody calls him. Geez, what's that, 25 years ago? So everybody knows uh, Bundy is one of my favorite uh, people. Uh, I just got started in the age business. So I just retired from the Kings. And uh, how, how did we meet? Did I, I was representing Brad Berry, right? And your buddies with him? That was Brad Berry, and I was in Kalamazoo, and career was i was playing very good in the minors and it was it was different than now uh, we can probably talk about that later but it's different when you're in the minors then you know you got you didn't really get a chance or called up uh you have a party now there's all, a whole bunch of revolving roster but that's that summer just before that summer um brad Berry told me all about you and i said probably needed a change and uh we met you were in detroit at the time yeah. and then we met in windsor for lunch and that was the end of it and yeah devised a plan that summer and thank god i did i mean i'm not gonna get teary-eyed over it but it was pretty good that we met man it helped my career and yeah. kicked yep. off and uh yeah. well and i remember the reason i'm so proud of bundy and our relationship is uh i had to say to him man it's like one of the worst jobs in the national hockey league, especially at that time was being a tough guy having to fight everybody and i said bundy I, you know the kings don't have a tough guy i think marty had moved on at that point it was right so i knew the king's organization well and i said Listen, I get you try out with the Kings, but I, I hate to say this to you because it's the worst job in the league, but you've got to fight everybody that moves. He fought, he fought everybody that moved. He fought, he made, no, McSorley was there because you fought him at training camp, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, Marty was there, yeah, and we, it was on Lake Arrowhead, but then he left after, then it got difficult because he was the super heavyweight sort of guy, right. and then I was by myself. But yeah, I went in there and I just, I remember I you got me in there and he, first of all, do you remember you signed me with San Diego? It was Don Waddell and the time i think you got me ninety thousand in the ihl in 1990 like it was probably the best contract in the league but i was just coming off 30 goals 300 minutes and i was wondering if i was ever going to get a chance right i think i'm the last guy in pro hockey history to do that and yeah i owed my dad four grand i remember going to la king's training camp and oh, all that right then well yeah made the team and uh some there was some good shit what a year what a year but it right was, yeah 314 pims that first year yeah, we had a we, yeah. It was good. I mean, uh, the playing with Wayne in, in the playoffs and going to the finals, uh, losing obviously no good, but so many life lessons. And you know, going back to what you said that summer we met, we made a plan, and uh, it was good. You know, it worked out good after five years in the minors. Yeah. Well, and again, that's, I'm proud of the work I did. But Bundy had to be the one. You know, he had to be the one to go to do it. You know, and fight everybody. And again, that's like I say, this is a compliment. Like, yeah. <laughs> He wasn't the biggest guy either, and he's taken on all the heavyweights, like he said with Marty McSorley and all Bob Probert and all those guys. You know, it was the Bundy's heart that got him accepted at the National Hockey League. That's awesome. I'm just shocked that you actually had a plan because this is a surprise <laughs> to me that you came up with something. Yeah, it was have Bundy go out and fight everybody. That was the plan. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was it was uh, different. You tell some of the kids the stories now. 
you know, you, you sit your kid down one time in 1993 in Vancouver, this happened. They, these kids, young guys in the league, it's way different now, right? Yeah. You're, yeah. They don't understand. They have no clue what it was all about. You know what yeah. I mean? Like now they just talk to guys at face-offs. They, nice chat, they meet under the stands before the game. Like yeah. there was none of that. Oh, no. are, are you sending me? Like it was wild kingdom. Like it was, it was on, you know, and guys were fighting for money and, um, it was different. Now it's just, a, it's way different. Yeah. yeah. And you can't, I'm sure the same way. You can't blame the kids. It's just the game has changed so much, right? Like the, the fighting and the buddy, that was a tactic. That was that strategy. Now it's kind of like a, you know, they do it, but they got shields on and everything. It's, and again, it's not the kid's fault. They're still great kids. They're still working hard and everything, but it's just a whole different. But it's changed now. There's so much crossover, especially with good kids who are younger. They're playing on so many teams together. They know each other. Yeah. Festivals, they're, you know, they, they're, but if, right, this, and and you're, that's a good point. But even if we knew somebody, like Bundy knew lots of guys, and he'd fight all the time. Yeah. I remember Jimmy Carson got traded, uh, Gusky trade, and we played against Edmonton playoff series one year. He was playing well, so I took him on boards and gave him the forum. Sure, we were knocking about Cole, but he was a buddy of mine, and I'm sure Bundy was up. Bundy was guys that he fought. Who are some of the, who are some of your rivals there, Ward? Well, you know, mainly I was in the Western Conference. I didn't play too much. I mean, I, I think Jeff Rogers five times. Uh, Murray Barron a couple times. There's so many guys. There were so many active guys in, at the time. You know, you know Todd Ewan, um, a lot of different guys across the league. But yeah, I was like, I was on notice. I was, I was playing every game like it was the Last Supper. I was yeah. not going to go down to the Myers again. Yeah. Oh. I mean that from my heart. I'm not. I'm not yeah. thinking that. No, that's true. And Joe too. And that's why teams wanted him. I wanted him on the uh, team more. It wasn't yeah. just the fighting. Yeah, it wasn't just the fighting toughness. They wanted that attitude, right? Yeah, and then you know what? I got to playoffs that year, and uh, you know it worked out well. I got a chance to play with Wayne. I was the leading rookie scorer in the NHL, and then uh, gave you full negotiations to uh, we jumped quite a bit in salary that summer. Yeah, but maybe you're getting married that summer too. And you're- yeah, and I go. But remember how they slow played it though? Like I was yeah. like, "Are you serious? Like, yeah. come on, guys!" Like, so it was like, yeah, I think it was like this time in August. Yeah. I finally I set up my dad's backyard and it was. 600 times three years, I think. Yep, that's what it was. Michael, uh, like, well, I'll, I'll never have to work again. Meanwhile, I got two jobs now. No, I'm just saying. <laughs> so, <laughs> what divorce, that's what divorce was, does for you, right? Oh, God bless that. Oh. Yeah, everything. Yeah, that's what everybody's, everybody's always saying, like, Tommy, a bad you're not making the money. You you didn't make the money the guys are making now. I said, Listen, I got divorced twice. So, the first wife, we got half of it. The second wife, get half of the other half. So, that's, that's oh, that's no. I know. It's fucking hard, man. Oh, I know. You said, you know, your mice are starving in your house. They're so hungry. <laughs> Remember he got married. I told Thomas story too, where uh, you had not signed yet. As we got married, he got up making speech and you're, I was there at the wedding. You were thanking me. Like Tom laid out, played such a big role in my life before I didn't know where I was going. And then you stopped for a second and go, and now I still don't know where I'm going. So, <laughs> yeah. I was a free agent. Yeah. It was almost like there was a, like a unread really, you can't touch other guys free agents. That's yeah. 325. It was, yeah. I was corrupt. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, but it worked out good. I went back there and, uh, you know, my son Kirby was born in LA the next That's year. Right. The end with he's great and uh is he still where's where's he playing now? Is he hockey fans know him from he's done now. He's twenty eight, had some injuries, had some trouble, little development issues along the way, but uh, he's done now, but he's doing good. Um and then my son Maddox and then my daughter Kendall just graduated from University of Western Ontario. Very cool. And so you grew you grew up in Windsor, Ontario, correct? Yeah, I grew up in Windsor. Um, then I'm sure we're going to get to it, but then, uh, always came back the summer. I never, a lot of guys, you know, buy houses where they play and stuff. And, um, my ex Denise and I were close to living in Colorado. It was so beautiful. Denver. 
was was a beautiful thing. I love that. But we came home, um, and then fortunate enough, we bought our junior team, which was one of the best things that I've did in my life. The Windsor Spitfires that that went well. So always Windsor's a really good place across from Detroit. And for people that don't know, it's it's so close to um, Detroit. It's almost like an Americanized city. Um, you know, you have the four sports teams, you have the water, international airport, uh, great restaurants, great downtown. Now they really cleaned it up. But it's a really good place, and the weather's excellent. It's it's really you can get to anywhere quick in North America, and Windsor, Ontario is a hell of a place. They're a hotbed for NHL players too, right? Adam Gray, yeah, it's, it's been pretty good. And, you know, per population, yeah, there's you know a lot of toughness has come out of uh, out of Windsor, you know. But now, you know, you look back, it was uh, you know Bob Probert, <clears throat> um, you know Bob Boomer, Ty Domi, Stoyanov. There's a, there's a whole bunch of guys, but now you got the Aaron Ekblads. Eddie Jowanowski was uh, yeah, that's right. Eddie Jowanowski saw him the other day. Looks great. Oh, yeah. And, and so you talk you talk about buying the junior team. Was you and Bob Bookner together, right? Bought the team. Yeah, and another friend of ours, Peter Dorich, uh, we bought the team. And this was just after the Hunters had done it in London. And we kind of said, "Well, yeah, look what they're doing." You know, and uh, I was scouting for Phoenix at the time, uh, which Wayne was involved in, and uh, I said, "Let's try to do this thing." And then we ended up doing it. And, Turned it around, got a new arena. We had so so many, uh, so so many players playing the NHL over the years. We owned it for thirteen years, and oh wow, I didn't know that. Well, three Memorial Cups, and uh, no one's been able to do that. And uh, it, it's been good. We put Windsor back on the map in a hard time when there was unemployment, and a lot of good kids came through the city. And we treated the kids like they were, uh, you know, pros, and we did the right thing. We went ahead, you know, day before on the bus to the hotels and good meals and you know everything they needed to succeed so it was it was it was pretty good that that was pretty cool good and then sold it made a profit on it too right you don't need to tell me details but yeah you know what i mean it's funny because nobody now you have you know parents rich rich guys that are buying teams so their kids can play or be a part of it like i mean halifax just went for 27 million bobby smith's team like it, wow. i i don't quote me i think that's the price but you're that you're talking crazy numbers you know yeah uh, yeah, because now, like you said, like this place like Red Deer and London, all those big ranks they've got there, like what, 10,000 people bringing out those games and making that yeah, fun. Yeah. yeah, like we, we were 6,800 sold out, but we had suites and uh, every everything like that, three of the ranks, nhl size rank. Like our rank was better than, say, the rank that Phoenix plays in right now. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, the Arizona, like college rank. Right. But yeah, London, Kitchener. Uh, there's good franchises, there's good people running them, and it's a it's a great league, right? This is, and people that don't know too, the the expenses aren't that high. I mean, comparatively speaking, right? The, the players don't make that much money. You still have the travel expenses and all that, but yeah, it's still pretty good though. I mean, you're, you're, now it's changed. I mean, um, you get a year of school for one game played. So if you're per, if you're American, fifteen thousand dollars a year, you play four years, sixty plus interest, yeah. plus you get six hundred bucks a month, plus insurance, plus workout. It's totally different now. Yeah. Well, that's the big, to your point, that's the big, biggest expense. Right. right definitely. Rich, right, so look back up. You grew up in Windsor. Uh, you were, you, what junior team did you play in? Right in Windsur? Slugbury. Slugbury. Okay. Slugbury. Okay. And then what route were you, we drafted or you were free agent? I was out of junior C. There was no really AAA where my area was. Right. There was some in Windsor, but I was in Tecumseh. So um, I played junior C and drafted and made the team 13th rounder. Oh. And it was pretty, uh, pretty wild back then, junior hockey, as you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was. 
Yeah, there's a lot of freedom. Found a way and kept working, and I had strong summers. I, I trained in uh, with the American kids actually, and in, uh, in, in Detroit, the coffee work kids, and the summer league, and got better. Really worked at it, and I didn't get drafted. And then uh, I went. Ryan Kilroy is my coach. I got traded Ottawa, and he says you got to get to Chicago's camp. So he sent me to Chicago. I guess his buddies with Bob Wolford, and that was number seventy-four. I remember it. Seth. Remember old, remember the ladies, remember the old training camps, there's guys all over the place. Oh yeah. The older guys didn't talk to you and it was, it was wild. Yeah. And, uh, ended up signing a contract. My third, I was played well and signed a contract my third day there. So that was, that was cool. kind of my start. Yeah. yeah. Going to training camp the first time is kind of intimidating too, right? You see all the old guys you've watched on TV, you know, like you said, they're, they've already made the team. So they're like, they're hanging around with the young kids. And uh, it was funny. I, I think still then, right? Weren't the old guys out of shape still coming back? Oh yeah, like yeah. I remember like Tom Lysiak. Remember, there's a like you know he's a little bit more young, maybe. Yeah. He, Danny Savar, Steve Larmer, they come in, and they just say, hey, "Grinder, the trainer, give me the skates now." Like they bring brand new ones, you know. Remember the old shitty skates? How long I'll take the break in? Take you two yeah. weeks for God's sake. Yeah. Anyways, the point being, these guys just came. I remember smoke. They were smoking in the dressing room. Yeah. We had, skated, we had skated all summer to get there. Yeah, it was a whole, yeah, whole different uh, ball of wax for sure. And right, you had to be kind of careful around the old guys too. Like you wanted to play hard and play physical, but say at the same time, like you can't really go hit Tom Lazy Lazyak. He's not cheap. Well, I know. So you're hit trying to hit all the other junior guys. All of a sudden, you, you don't rec- you hit Ben Wilson like your oh, yeah goes cuckoo. Like yeah, slashes. Kids don't understand. It was like one javel stands, yeah, one scout. The referees couldn't even skate. It was like wild. It was crazy out there. <laughs> just, you know, there's no, really, yeah, there's really no point to play. You even brought a puck out, right? It was just like, oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, right. like this guy, yeah, like, what's the score? Who cares? Yeah. But other unwritten rules, like, you know, the new guys don't touch Dennis Savard. Or the, 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 well, yeah, you're just looking at him. Like Tom said, you all said you're looking at him like, wow, man, this guy was sick in the playoffs last year, and I'm going to play against him. Yeah. So you're yeah. trying to, you know, you're trying to finish your checks, but you got to watch it, really. But right. then if I do, they just turn around and slash you. I know. I told a story when I, my first training camp, I, uh, Phil Spazito was still playing and he was t- like terrible shapes, like third or fourth day and we're scrimmaging and I'm thinking, okay, I got hit. That's what I do. So Phil comes through the middle of the ice with his head down and I just smoked him and the place went dead quiet. And I said, like, oh, what the hell did I do? You know? But he, well, came, he came to me later and he, he was still hot. He says, okay, I respect the fact that you want to make the team, but don't do it again. He says, <laughs> I know, I know. It's great. And I see him. He's one of the still one of the guys like he, yeah. he's on Tampa Bay Radio. So right. I work for the Oilers now, and I, I'm in Tampa quite a bit, watching the games, and we always talk in intermission. He's still going, it. he's pretty funny on the radio. Yeah. He just tells it like it is, yeah. and it's live, so he's got to watch himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah we had we had we have on a show. He must have dropped two hundred f bombs. Yes, we before the show started. Yeah, he said before the show that I swear. I said, well, Phil, you had a couple f bombs. Yeah, he's everybody. But he's a legend. He can swear all he wants. Yeah. Well, there's something old Sioux St. Marie Ontario guy. You, you always remember he's a really good guy. Yeah, he is a good person. Yeah. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, 
The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Definitely. Hey, uh, so, okay, so you, you go to Chicago, you sign your contract, you're kind of up and down. You, you got up in the NHL a little bit with Chicago. Yeah, I was there for a couple of years, but Chicago had really good teams. And then yeah. Mike Keenan came in and Daryl Sutter went to uh, Saginaw. So we were in Saginaw. The next year, Indianapolis, we won a championship, had a great team. You know, the likes of uh, Brian Noonan, Bob Bass, and Mike Eagles. Dominic Hasek was on the team. Cam Russell, Ryan McGill. Oh, wow. A real good. Jim yeah. Playfer was our captain. He, he was a coach, too. The late Jimmy Johansson was there. We had an unbelievable team. And uh, I think 14 guys went on to play in the NHL from that team. It was just yeah. remarkable. But Darren Pang was also down there. But, um, yeah, it was good. The development in Chicago for me was everything. And, you know, Daryl Sutter, probably him and Barry Morrow's uh, the biggest influence in my career. Oh, really? Good. Yeah. And I uh, learned a lot. and uh, But it was tough. The IHL was a tough league. For guys that don't know, I was going in there. I was a rookie, and there's, you know, Volk Paymont. He's a, he was loose, you know. Yeah, yeah. And there's guys with no helmets on. Like, it's like, what is going on? But, uh, yeah, yeah, it, it's pretty, pretty, uh, it was it was good, obviously, but it was it was hard, but it was good. And Melrose was there in L.A. when you got there, correct? Yeah, so that summer, I think that was part of it, Tommy. We made a, he come from the Western League, came from Medicine Hat, and he had just, uh, they had just won the Memorial Cup. They beat Windsor in the final, actually, in 1988. And then he came in with an open mind, I think. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he saw me play uh, before and I think just made the spot. And he, he yeah. was good. He gave me a lot of rope, that's for sure. Yeah, I think the timing was good, too, because they had Jay Miller there. And I think he was think, retired, I think, at that point. So there was a, a spot there for somebody like you to come in and take that. And you did. Yeah. So you went from being in the minors to, I think it was that year, well, so that year you went to the finals. I remember you were on the power play with Wayne and yeah. you feathered, I think you feathered a pass across from the corner. I'll never forget this to Wayne Gretzky to score. Is that correct? Am I saying that correctly? Yeah, kind of. I remember I got it. Yeah. I trust me. There's, I remember all those big ones. Yeah. I, I'm not going to lie to the people like, all year. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, because I was smart. Yeah. I was fired up. I'm thinking. All right, last year he's played in the Myers. Now he's on the power play with Wayne Gretzky playing in Los Angeles in the finals. Yeah. Do, do you pinch more? Do you pinch yourself? Do you say, I just I just set up Wayne Gretzky for a goal? Like, do you say, what was, role was it? Yeah, yeah, of course, but you're 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 on the task. But, yeah, you will go home and then you go, wow, that was a pretty good play. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, it was against Vancouver. I think it was second round, and uh, everything was uh, everything was unbelievable for us. Yeah. There, We were rolling. Our team was rolling. Kelly Rudy was hot. You remember? Yeah, totally, yeah. Well, obviously, it's disappointment in the end with the illegal stick and the way the series turned, that's for sure. So people that don't, maybe don't remember, uh, so the Kings played Montreal in the finals. And Martin Shirley had really been a big part of the team, too. He's really turned himself into a real good player. Uh, we're using an illegal, illegal, illegal stick. There's too big of a curve, which a lot of guys do. And most teams don't 
like what uh, buddy correct me if I'm wrong here they're in Montreal so the trainer from the yeah those, those clubbies represent some dragons right. though yeah so he goes in when nobody's around and measures Marty's stick and say hey it's but you guys knew well you know that though right to switch well, the sticks out yeah yeah it, now it's not a rule so people are kind of probably wondering like, what are you talking there was a le- used to be a, a half inch curve you could have but now there's no rule you can have a ball hockey sticker banana stick whatever you want but uh the funny thing there guys is it was two to one conacher and taylor scored and there was a i think a minute three left and then we had uh there was a you know you know back in the day there was so much time between whistles people talked now you hurry up face off it's different and then we saw them talking and then they're going to measure a stick but if you looked at our team you would you would take Luke Robitaille first, sure. stick, right? Yep. It was a banana. And yep. would take probably Alan Jitnik's stick because he had a Russian banana. Yep. And Marty would maybe be four or five Thomas Sandstrom great players. Like, you wouldn't even think about Marty's stick. Right. Then I remember he grabbed a stick, and then Wayne goes to him. He goes, is it illegal? And Marty goes, I don't know. And Wayne just shook his head like, come on. Man. Oh, is that right? Yeah, but then we still thought we'd kill it. I'm not saying that lose the series, and I don't want to, you know, I told Marty to his face, but it really did turn. I mean, it would have been two to one, two nothing LA going back home. Sure. Pretty good. And that's, believe it or not, fellas, that's the last time that uh, Canadian team, third yep. years, won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, that's true. Can you believe it? It's nuts. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah, that was, I remember that because that was a big moment. Like, especially when I imagine how Marty felt like he's close with Wayne, anyways, but when Mar- Wayne comes to you, and you know you've done something like that, and like, oh my god, and that was a veteran team. Larry Robinson was still there, wasn't he? Was he still? No, he was. No, he wasn't there. No, it was per pitch and uh, uh, cap raider. It was a great We had several of the kings from that team on, and they said, I mean, they said, yeah, it took the wind out of sails, but they got back and they figured they have a chance to win. It's just, yeah, you know, it yeah. definitely. Yeah, I agree with you. It was definitely was not, but then we had John Leclerc scored two goals. They were almost mm-hmm. identical games. Yeah. Yep. Games three and four and some bad breaks along the way, but they're just, it was just the way it went. So I can't remember. How did you get, so after LA, you ended up in Colorado, correct? Went to Toronto first. That's right. Yes. Yes. Where do you was agent at the time? It's a long time ago. Wow. Yeah. Toronto. Yeah, you were. Uh, and then, uh, I think I got, it was a three-way trade, but I played the, remember the Laco year? It was 94, 95. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, 92, 93. Yeah. 94, 95. There was half season. So I played there and then, uh, Went to Colorado the day before the the next season on the day before got traded the day before the uh and uh it was it was outstanding. Colorado was great. It was the first time the team was there. I remember first game, played Detroit. The trainer forgot to get the white helmets, so we had black helmets. Oh that's yeah, that's right. It's still on some of the pictures, but yep. and that was the first we won the cup that year and that was the first championship ever in Denver. Um there was no no nuggets had not won and the uh broncos had not won yet so it was it was amazing so yeah, back in the day, still this way if you, if you play you can't touch the cup until you right. have, have won it so that then you've never touched the cup i never touched the cup until that night well the next morning because it was a late it went into overtime too right movie coops yeah it was like three overtimes in ue crew in miami yeah yeah and so i uh, they're partying in there and i wanted to get in the locker room with bunny get my picture taken with a cup the three of us and so it wasn't like three or four in the morning. That you're doing that. It was a blast though, too. The guys were out. Just didn't make me rear out on that because I never won it. I went to semifinals twice as cool as I got. So it'd be uh, Bundy being my client, first one of the first clients I ever had. I have him go 
miners are now all of a sudden sitting in the trophy yeah. there at three in the morning, uh, drinking out of the cup, man. That's pretty cool. You know what? Do you remember, like, my dad was talking about it. My dad's still going. He's 85. Well, nice. went over there for, uh, brought some Chinese food over there the other day. And uh, we started talking about this. He goes, do you remember there was a half inch of beer and champagne on the floor? <laughs> I remember how classy. Here's the thing that people don't know. Like, uh, they see it on TV, but you can't. TV doesn't do it justice. Pierre Lacroix was such a classy man. Yeah. He flew all the wives and parents in the day before to Miami, wherever they were. When we got up 3 nothing, I think it was on a Monday night, by Wednesday, all everyone's significant other or wives or That's right. parents were in Miami. Yeah. Like, either it was Europe. Like, it was crazy. Uh, we sat in that room. Do you remember, Tom, we sat in that room? It was 150 freaking yeah. degrees. <laughs> and yeah, par, it was unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're at it. All the rats and everything, they were a good team, too. We just had so much gas, yeah. right? Like, yeah. we were, it was crazy. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was, uh, never forget that. And then we flew to, uh, all the way back to Denver on a charter. The mayor came and and Mike Keane, Mike Keane, one of the greatest men in hockey, yeah. wore his equipment on the plane home. So why? He just wanted to do it. He kept it. We kept drinking the whole way. And, uh, it was, we got there, it was dawn. It was weird because it was such a long flight. And then we just kept it going. It was great. I, I was so happy for you, but I was kind of like, I, I hadn't experienced it before. So I really didn't know what I was missing. I kind of, you know, I've been retired for a while. So I was like, oh, Alec, he didn't win the cup. No big deal. But then when you're with somebody that has won it and you were a player, you're like, oh God, I wish I could have experienced that. Right. Cause it's, yeah, that's a good time. Pretty, it's pretty good. And for, for me at the time, like it wasn't just I won it when I was 20 years old. Yeah. You know, I was 28 yeah. and went through a long heart yep. row together. Yeah. You, you know, you were with me all the way and yeah. it was a good journey. It was pretty cool. Then everyone gets it for a summer, for a day in the summer. Yeah. And I got a good story. So Joel Quenville's in Hartford. So the guy in the office works it over. Okay. It's going to go to Windsor, Ontario. Then it's going to go to Toronto. Then it's go east to Hartford, then New York city, whatever the guy works. Yeah. Right. So Joel Quenville's from Windsor played for the Spitfires. There's another Windsor player. He's yeah. my assistant coach at the time. That's right. So it was Mark Crawford and Joel Quinville, right? Yeah. And then, uh, so the cup comes from me to Mike Keen's house from Winnipeg. He gets there in the morning and the guy cup, he goes, hey, do you have a bed? I need to lay down. So the guy slept for 10 hours. <laughs> so I had the cup, went to the golf course, a big party at nighttime, hockey school, all that. And uh, I played a joke. So we drank till six in the morning. And then the cup, the guy comes with the cup. He guards the cup. He is supposed to go to Detroit to Hartford, Joe Quenville. So, so I called him. I go, Q, bad news, man. I got some bad news for you. The guy got all fucked up. He, he missed the flight. He goes, you prick, Bundy. You suck. He started going off on me because he had like 500 people at oh. the country club oh. to celebrate. Oh. I said, I'm just kidding, man. Oh, that's good. That's good. I love that one. Yeah, it, it was good. And, uh, when people like when it comes in a room it's it's different like you look at the nba trophy and the you know what do you call it the lombardi trophy like they're nothing compared to this like yeah guess what is it what is it ladies like it's a it's like a personality but it's all oh, yeah totally and then you saw like you see the guy's names on it that you go like you said earlier you see this guy on tv now all of a sudden you're playing with them the names it's crazy yeah just like you see it on tv like the guys that you've seen win the cup right you go back to the 60s, you know, all those teams. Uh, 
And then you're actually right there with the company. And, and it, at, at that time, when Bundy had won it with Colorado, to be part of it, it's just one thing to be near the cup, but then to be near somebody and they actually just won the cup. Man, that was, that was cool. Oh, it's nuts. And then, you know, your dad's favorite players are, you know, Stan McKeith is on there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyways, yeah. Well, you know, from Toronto, how, like, the history, the original six and stuff. Yeah. It's nasty. It's it's the greatest thing in the world. Health. So let's go. Let's back up to Toronto really quick. So Bundy, in case you haven't noticed, he's got quite a personality. Yes. So when he meets people, uh, they they're drawn to Bundy. And uh, he had a we had a favorite spot that we'd go to. I'd come to visit you in Toronto. What was the name of that place? It was called Free Your Eyes Only. <laughs> oh, you talking about Canadian Ballet? Oh, it was Canadian Ballet. All right. Yeah, it ballet. was like for people out there, like they, it's a classy place. Like yeah. I'm not hiding anything. My, you know, all everyone knew guys went there and yeah. my wife and my wife, whatever it was it was it was perfect but you had to wear you had to wear a suit jacket right it was yeah. it's not a it's not a slimy near yeah. place or yeah it, it's it's real you can get a steak in there it's pretty yeah. good that's one thing in canada i don't know if people realize uh, uh, strip rights are part of the culture in canada sure as well like you, you can you can almost find them without even knowing where they are like there's all these strip malls and they've got you know guys stuff but this one was really nice it, it, so you guys had some friends there is that what you said sure Bundy, um, he drew a crowd. Yeah, it was he, good. We had, remember how big the Durman was? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He, and I, it, um, I saw him like 12 years later and I, I heard a Bundy. I'm looking and it was him, but he lost like 200 pounds. He was like 400 pounds. And I'm like, whoa. But yeah, it was always good there. Tommy wouldn't even go with, hey, Lades wouldn't even go visit his other clients. He'd just come and tell him, I'm not going. I'm not going to Philadelphia. I'm going to Toronto. Business meeting. Sorry, Boucher. Oh, I know. Yeah, I'm thinking. So, okay, I got a choice to go see Bunting in Toronto and hang out for your eyes only after the game where I go to Philly and uh, what am I going to do in Philly? I know. Yeah, well, that was, I know. That, yeah. that was, yeah, you know, we talk about the stuff, but, you know, and we've talked about this before, like the culture was so different back then. You know, the boys are out drinking beers all the time, like Bundy talked. That was part of, again, you won the cup. You didn't want to sleep. You right. stayed up forever and drank beer. Yeah. I don't think that's changed, though. I mean, a lot of things have, but that hasn't changed. Yeah. Well, you know what, fellas, let's face it. The biggest thing is social media and these phones, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, we used to sit there. Locals would come over. Hey, what do you think of, you know, what about the fire play lesson? Hey, I have a working on it, working on it. But people, you would interact, especially when right. think about your after practice every day when you were at the Rangers. You told me you used to go do that. So did we. Like, yeah. okay, everyone go to Jilly's Bar around the corner. Boom, sure. we're there. Right. You know, and it was it was a good it was a good camaraderie. No one really bugged you. Yes, some you know, once in a while, someone come over, but it wasn't, it was, uh, it was part of the culture. It wasn't like out outrageous to see 15 guys eating chicken wings and beer after practice. Like, yeah. And the, now the, that, yeah. And the like, culture was, okay, guys, we're all together. We go to practice tomorrow or game or whatever it is. And listen, there's no, like you're playing guilty. There's no yeah. pulling the shooter. Uh, so well, you're right. And then if, if you did, if you did, someone, oh, you know, like yeah. that was, yeah, he really lose the the teammate kind of stuff if you do that as a player. Like, I just hard now if if like you know, say high end team like you know a Toronto, Edmonton, or you know, call it a, a, a Colorado, they go out and they lose. Oh, no wonder they lost. They had two yeah. beers. I like, right. come on, man. Like, no, yeah, but now they're all in the hotel playing Xbox now. Yeah, yeah, protein yeah. shapes. I know. All right, so you win the cup in Colorado. How many years did you stay there? I was there for. uh what happened uh i was one then remember yeah remember chris simon got traded for for keith yep. jones yeah and then i was by myself and then you were trying to grind out 50 grand from pierre lacroix remember that's right yes the end of the year 
I go, fuck, I just won the Stanley Cup. Come on, give me a cookie. And Chris Simon left, which for people, if you have a big guy on the team, that means I got I got, I kind of take the smaller guys, which is fine by me. Yeah. So then Anaheim called. And remember, three-year deal. Same thing in the backyard. I go, this is great. And Pierre wasn't happy about it. That's right. I remember that. And anyways, I went back. End up, he traded back for me in the second year. We went to the finals. We went to the Western finals again. But yeah, Anaheim was great. I had Ron Wilson, good bunch of guys. It was a little bit after the expansion and just beautiful living in California. At the time, I don't know if it's beautiful living there now, but uh, at the time, it was it was really good. Lived in Anaheim Hills, and you know, my son was young, and we really enjoyed that. It was good people there. Uh, who was it? Jack Ferreira. That's right, Jack. What a, what a nice man. I still yeah. see him in the ranks. And uh, Nick Beverly did my first contract. Every time I go see him, I hug him. Yeah. He's good guys. Good old guy. Yeah. And there's, these guys still work and go to games. I'm like, wow. I'm not working as long as you guys. But I still go. I just give him a hug and I say thanks. Yeah. But people don't do that no more, right? Like, it's yeah. it's really thankful, right? That like, you want to be thankful for the people. Yeah. Nobody's hugging Laidlaw. Yeah. And then, yeah, we Anaheim was good. We made the playoffs twice and, uh, you know, I played with Korea, Solani, right. and all the all the guys. You know, I played with Gretzky, Curry, and yeah. Gilmore, Sundin. I've I've always had Sackick, Forsberg, Sackick, Forsberg, Patty Roy. Um, I've always played with outstanding players, and I think that helped me right now. Like with with a junior team, of course, building a team because you know you, you want to know how to build a team. And now with my role with Edmonton, I think it really helps that I play with the best players and. Yeah. See how they acted and see what teams really need. It's it's been a big help. Well, I think for you, Bundy, too. Uh, I, I do say this a lot, but you didn't make it for your skill. It was you knowing the game, knowing your role, knowing what you had to do. And I think that probably helped you in your career as you know, running a team too. Like it was sometimes it's harder for a guy like Wayne Gretzky, for example, because he's such a talented player. He doesn't maybe it's not that he doesn't know the game as well, but he can get by a skill more. Uh, so it's he, he knows the game pretty well, though. Yeah, he does. Um, but he sees it with he sees it from a different lens, though, right? Sees it from a different lens. Like I remember when he went to coach. Yeah. Like you know, I got hired. Me and Shane Shirley, one of the toughest. There's another guy, yeah. right? I could never. He's so tough, and yeah. he's one of the one of the great people in the game too. And we 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 got hired the same day, and he goes, "Come on in." So I walked in the Morton Steakhouse in Phoenix. I happy to get a job. The first guy I see is Shane Shirley. Like I go, yeah. "Whoa." <laughs> so we started working together, but you know, ten minutes later we're having a beer. Yeah. It was, it was this your buddies, yeah. Um, we were working for, and Wayne was coaching, right? And he said, "Why couldn't so and so make a play?" I go, "He's no good, Wayne. Like he's yeah. no like he doesn't have that tool in his bag, you know. Right. Like for him, he would see it as an easy play, like all these guys. Paul Coffey, why did he just skate it out of the end zone? Because yeah. he can't. <laughs> like because he can't, guys. That's you know." Yeah. See, that's the difference, right? It's yeah, that, that's the difference. And it, you're meeting still, and like, like you know, you, it, probably these guys go, I can't believe he didn't give me that 20-foot pass. I was wide open for a second there because he can't. He's good. If he's able to, he'll make it. That's how good the NHL is now, right? Remember Shane Shirley first came out? I think it was in Hartford first and then he up in Calgary. So he was that. He was a nutcase, too, he, and he knew what he was doing. Tough, crazy. He's tough. I, I think I fought him a couple times, and. He's so big and strong. We had some good fights, but I think I fought him one time two seconds into the in the game. So yeah. do you remember in LA you Barry used to start every game? Yeah. Me, Conacher, and Taylor. Home or away. Just get the momentum, get it in. Right. Like we're right. the third line, whatever. 
plan. And Wayne finally said in game six, hey, you mind if I start a game? Like, <laughs> anyways, but we played it. He just said, you want to get this over with right now? I go, hey, man, let's go. Like, it was one second. It was stupid. Like, but still, you just got it over with. But he was great. And I got a story for you real quick. I tell you what she yep. threw. So he yep. told me the story, one of the greatest. So Cliff Fletcher's a GM, the time you're talking about. Yeah. So Shane's brother, I think his father came in and they went out. You know, he just got called up. They went to this bar. What's it called? Um, legendary bar. Cowboys. Oh, yeah. Sure. Legendary bar. Yeah. So, yeah. They get in there having the beers. All of a sudden, the bounce, a couple of bouncers didn't like him, his brother. So they get in a fight. They get their ass kicked. His dad is there too. So then, remember that? Remember the legendary trainer? Yeah. Uh, from Calgary. Yeah. With the mustache and everything. So Shane comes in. He's got in the morning. He's like, oh, fuck. I'm in trouble. I'm, I can't believe it. My career's in the shitter. I'm going to get sent down again. I'm never going to get a chance to play. So he's sitting there. And the trainer goes, trainer comes up to him. Hey. Cliff wants to see upstairs and he's going oh god so he's up there he's just scared it's like a, it's a double it feels like the double principal's office like he's going upstairs he's going oh my god I'm going down this is embarrassing like oh my god so Cliff shuts shut the door sit down okay sir and he's sitting there and he goes so tell me what the hell happened last night he goes Cliff we really didn't do nothing this monster pushed my brother down the stairs I went I fought three guys I got beat up and then my dad got pushed, and he's going, is that right, eh? And all of a sudden, there was silence. Cliff goes, well, you make sure you take the boys back there and take care of business. Oh, is that? Wow. Let's wow. Get, out of the, get out of the office. Hey, so it wasn't like, you're an idiot. You blew your chance. Go down to the minors. That's Cliff Fletcher. I, he was like wow. him in Toronto. Yeah. That's what kind of. That's what kind of man Cliff Fletcher was. Like, one way surprises me, but another, that's pretty cool, right? That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So it was like he took care no of his cameras life. back in the day, right? No yeah. phones, boys. It was different. Yeah. But yeah, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. And him, him, Wayne's Wayne, uh, Wayne's brother Keith. We all started the same day in two thousand one for Phoenix. So that kind of got my background scouting. So it was was, Bar- was Mike Barnett GM at that time? Mike was Mike Barnett was GM. Yeah, and Wayne was coach. And uh, people could, don't know Mike Barnett. He was Wayne Gretzky's agent, uh, and uh, I worked with him at IMG. Great guy, man. But he was a Pitbull, tiny little guy. Uh, I, forget, I was going through a divorce, my first divorce, and we grew up at the Memorial Cup, I think, in Kamloops. And we're going to this little trinket store. And he, Mike talks me into buying like $200 worth of trinkets for my wife <laughs> that I'm just divorcing. I walked out of the place. Like, can you just do it for the fun of it? Like, yeah, yeah. He talked me into it. I walked out and go, you son of a, what, the, how did you make me do that? And he just died laughing. Sounds like a good agent. Yeah, no, totally. He, he was good. Uh, he, was, he was one of the best. He and, would not quit. And now he worked for the Rangers and Chris Drury. That's right. Yep. Yeah. And he was funny because Marty was a coach in Springfield. Oh. So all of a sudden he'd call me, go, Bundy, get down to Springfield, check on Marty. I go, what do you want me to say to him? Like he's coaching, does this thing. Remember Pat Connick was in the organization too, and we kind of laughed. Like Marty was coaching. Right. And, you know, probably a good coach and trying to get through to kids. But he had the guys at the rink for like three and a half, four hours at the end. Yeah. Guys are like, it, it was good. We had a whole bunch of characters, that's for sure. But I learned my trait. Mike was excellent to me. Uh, Cliff Fletcher was there also as a senior advisor. And the guy that really was is Dave Draper. Dave Draper taught Keith Gretzky how to build a team. And he was, you know, he built the Stanley Cup team in Boston. Um, Shane Sherla, he, he taught all these guys. He taught us everything. Yeah. Uh, scouting, like, yeah. Scouting's for people up there. Scouting's not easy. Yeah. 
You're it's, it, it's hard. It's hard. If whoever said they're a good scout and you know this and that, as many guys as they pick, they miss the same. They miss the same ones. Do you have any any good like picks that stand out that, that you made? And you said to the GM, "Hey, get this guy." Um, well, I was doing pro, so the, okay. There's two different kinds of scouts yep. for the listeners. There's pro and amateur. So amateur amateur scouts you go to OHL Western League, Quebec League, uh, prep hockey, USHL. Uh, you know. Uh, NCAA, but pros do the guys that already turned pros. But there was a good there was a good story. Um, so we're sitting in the room. Dave Draper goes, "Bundy, you're going to Quebec League for a week." I'm like, "Okay." So I just got done playing. Right? You get there, you got to rent a car, you got a suitcase. It's snowing out in LA, and you know in Colorado, you just get off the plane. The bus is there. You get hundred bucks a day meal money, and away you go to the bar and have a couple beers and a steak. Right? <laughs> I go, "What am I doing?" So. I remember he sent me to uh, Shawinigan. So I rent the car. I'm late. I'll get to the game. I'm tired. It's snowing out. You're in Canada. Like you're, they weren't even standing up for the Canadian national anthem. Anyways, it was crazy. So I get to the back to the hotel. I sleep. Phone rings. The phone rings. And uh, he goes, Hey, Rikes, how you doing? Dave. Hi, Dave. How's it going? He goes, How was the game last night? I go, Dave, none of these kids are going to play in the NHL, man. None of these kids. Oh. He goes, good, go back to the game because there's three first-rounders that played in the game last night. He goes, I'm like, <laughs> right? Because that's, that's how the thing is. Hey, that's how, how funny it is. Yeah. But isn't that the truth, though? I mean, you can watch a player and not think he's going to be any good. Somebody else watches and thinks he's going to be good. That's the right. Thing. And you might catch him on a – like, that's why you – you know, these guys, amateur guys, are up over 200 games a year. Like, yeah. you got to watch a guy twice, yeah. you know. They're young. But in Windsor, we had some good players come through. Um you know, Cam Fowler, Taylor Hall, Adam Adam Henrique, um, you know, Zach Cassie, and I drafted all these guys. Probably the best bang for the buck was Ryan Ellis. I picked in the second. Oh, yeah, great player. Well, it's, he's got some problems for hockey fans out there. He's got some problems right now. Uh, he might be done. I'm not sure. But uh, we have all these guys coming back. We're doing an ALS thing for Bob Jones at, at the Windsor Arena this Saturday. Cool. Um, he's got ALS. He's a coach of the uh, – uh, Ottawa centers, but there, there's been some good guys that come in, some late picks that, you know, I picked a kid in 15th round, Salvario Poza. Now he's uh, he's a coach of Flint. One of one of my other picks, a doctor now. So there's different things. There's just cool. there's feel good stories in junior. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, just to go back to some people don't realize, uh, Bundy tested about have to rent a car and all that kind of stuff. We're here an NHL player. You you get to be like 35 years old and you retire, whatever it is. You've never rented a car. You've never, okay. never booked a hotel or a flight or whatever. Or maybe, usually those times too, it was a vacation during the summer, your wife would do it. So now all of a sudden, like, you know, me as an agent, Bundy as a scout, you have to do this. And it seems weird, but at that age, you're, you're like, how do, how do you do this? I mean, you can get picked up. You're like a fresh baby out in the world now. Yeah. And someone took a zero off your paycheck too. Yeah. That's true. A lot of zeros. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, and then now, now you're scouting with Everton, right? Yeah, I'm working with Edmonton on the pro side, and uh, I, I think we're we're close. I think we're one of six teams that can win the Stanley Cup, in my yeah. my personal opinion. And uh, it's hard; it's all different now, Tommy. It's because uh, yeah. everything is a price tag. You couldn't just load it up like 1996, Colorado against Detroit, low salary cap. Now, every time you make a decision, it's all about money, and that's the biggest thing that I learned coming back in. You know, is the cap. It's hard, you know. You, why doesn't Team X, you know, person's favorite team, go get this guy? Well, you can't fit in, right? You can't do it. So, it's uh, 
It's very difficult. They just hired Jeff Jackson as a what president team? Yeah, Jeff's a really good guy. He was he was an agent when I was I did several deals with him. A lot of Ranger fans, Will Cooley, uh, who's an up and coming winger yep. for them. He played in Windsor for me and we traded for him and Jeff Jackson was his agent. Uh very reputable. Uh him and Dave Gagne, they got but uh, you know what? For him to leave that I, I you know, I don't want to say uh, probably lucrative business, he's got well, Tommy, you know, like he's probably got thirty guys right. that are up yeah, around. Connor McDavid was his client, right? Yeah, right. up around. Yeah, Connor McDavid, Ekblad, up around seven, eight million a year for him to come. Yeah, the president of Emmett's Orders is pretty good, but yeah, a uh, real good man. We've had good dealings with him. Um, I think he's you know the right hire. He's going to make a difference there. He's very thorough and a, and a very good guy. I've known him for a long time. The other guy I really admire a lot is Kenny Allen as the general manager. I thought he started fantastic. You had to go all the times he in Detroit there, so. Yeah, he's great, and he's funny, and yeah. Well, that, he's in the Hall of Fame, and he's he's you know he's awesome. That's right. That's right. He's pretty funny in the meetings, you know. Like, I what I like about him, he challenges guys, he gets right after guys in the scouting meetings. It's good, like, oh, good. Yeah, yeah, but but that, if, that's part. Like, you need to battle for your guy, right? Well, yeah, you can't just sit there. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. This guy, no, but you got to battle it. Um, you know, sometimes it gets heated in there, probably more on the amateur side because right. when a guy's pro, you already kind of know what you have right. and him into your team. Right. But yeah, there's some battles. I was in the minor, like I was in, I'm like, whoa, we're going to come yeah. close here. Yeah. Like guys fighting for their guys. You know, I want the guy in prep school in New York. I want the guy in the Western League. What's the difference? Now you can put up 20 hours of video and you get, but still, that's yeah. the hardest thing in the world. Amateur scouting is the hardest thing in the world. Uh, I was talking to David Boyle, who just retired from uh, uh, Nashville, and uh, he had Paul Fenton in there, and I'd played with Paul Fenton. Paul Fenton's stubborn, too, right? And uh, very outspoken. And I said, isn't that a problem? Like, I, I, I felt like I asked it a good way. Isn't that a problem with Fenton that he's showing? So he's trying to say he's running the team. He said, no, no, I, I want people that are going to stand up and tell me what they think. Because yeah. they're no good to me as a scouter. You're, 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 you're already yes, man. No, you, you're a yes man all the time. You might as well just hear yeah. your own credibility. But, and Bundy always had that. And I, I may, I may have got this wrong. When you're in Colorado, uh, Claude, uh, excuse me, the, the president and the general manager, what was his name again? Dale Lacroix. Dale Lacroix. And well, he had a son. Cool. Right. And he had a son on the team. Eric. Eric Lacroix. Right. right. Greatest, greatest human being in the world. Like that. Dale what? No, his son. Oh, his son lit. He was there under, under tough circumstances too. Yeah. Like He was one of the nicest guys. I got traded back there. He gave me a car and three suits. Like I wasn't on the road, I didn't have anything. He was the greatest. He was he was a great guy. But didn't you step up at a meeting one time? Like, weren't they complaining? There was tough spell. They're complaining that the son was on the team. Was am I saying that correctly? I thought yeah, there was there was you know without getting into too much detail, there was a bit of a a shit show there for a while. We had lost three, and there was some arguing and shit. And you know you got you got heavy personalities there. Yeah, right. So the biggest personalities, the yeah, biggest right. personalities were Claude Lemieux. And uh, Patrick, and then Adam Foote too, right? Yeah. Joe was a silent leader. Sakic was like the deadly assassin. He was yeah. quiet, but when he spoke, he he he, he spoke. Yeah. But yeah, there was some. It always good it happens to good teams. You got to go through adversity, and there was totally. that went on. That was actually kind of as kind of a good sign, right? When your teams playing bad, you don't want them to just take it. You want them to be mad. Like, yeah, yeah. Sure. It was the right. You want the right amount of crazy too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was good. It was uh, there was a lot of a lot of good players in there. Forsberg, Sandus, Lozlanet, Huey Krupp. That's right. Um, yeah, but it was it was good. It was good. 
Well, Bundy, I mean this very seriously. Uh, and we've been very fortunate on this show. We get a lot of guys that just, and I say it over and over. Yes. Uh, you, you did not make it to the National Hockey League based on your talent. It was your heart, courage, everything. I mean, that is very good confidence. And, and a pep talk from your agent, too. <laughs> pep talk, yeah. Yeah. Now, I'll never forget that day because I was just getting started in the agent business. Oh, God, I don't want to say this to this guy. Because if somebody had said it to me, I wouldn't want to do that. But I said, Bundy, you're going to have to fight everybody. That's all I had to say. I didn't have to repeat it. And he went out and fought everybody. Yeah, you know what? It's a different era, and you had to do what you had to do. And I just was sick of playing in the minors and yeah. starting a family. And yeah, it was uh, it was hard. And I mean, uh, that era was tough. A lot of the guys are doing so good, you know. And there's been yeah. a, there's been a couple guys that have left us. And yeah. I feel very fortunate uh, with a great family and you know a great a great job for a great organization now in Edmonton. And uh, it's good. I'm I'm 56. I'm healthy. It, I'm unfortunate, you know what I mean? It takes a toll on your body for people like, you know, look at, and you're in great shape, Tommy, but those aches and pains you have and, you know what I mean, the broken hands, the knees, yeah. the, you know, the teeth, it, it, it wears on you. But, uh, you know, now it's, it's, more, it's a more safer game now for the kids, yeah. which is good, and uh, you don't want to see anybody get hurt. But it was it was crazy in the 90s, right? It was full yeah. speed. Man. Award, if you, if you had to do it all over again, would you do the same way? You know, I don't think I could do it, to be honest with you. I, I don't want to get emotional here. I don't know. It, I was just, you know, maybe it's me looking back at, at my age, but I don't know. I don't know. I know you. You, you wouldn't. I've maybe in another way, I, I I would, you know, you only can be, take yourself to a certain skill level. You, you, you need intangibles to get over the top. So that, obviously, intangibles were was the toughness, and I wasn't the toughest guy by any means. But, yeah, I would now – these kids are making themselves so good when they're in Bantam and, you know, they're getting scholarships when they're 14 and getting all that. But yeah, I, w- I would make myself try to make myself a better player, but there's more resources now too. Right. Yeah. And the game's changed so much for us, for me too. If I was going to play today, I would have had to change my game, but I still think Bunny, you're, you and I are both the same. We wanted it so bad. We would have done what we had to do to make it. Even to get yeah. You've you got to make a difference. You can't stand around, you know, like, yeah. I always told my son to quit waiting around. Like, why wait till the second? Get in the game right away, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what you look for. I mean, you look for those guys, and a lot of teams are looking, you know, look at Vegas and they, they eliminate us and they got that heavy fourth line. That, yep. It's a difference. I'm not necessarily fighting, but just taking up space and occupying, getting in on the four check, drawing penalties. Big men, big, smart men are hard to play against in the NHL. And, Everyone needs that big D-man shot blocker. And fuck, Tommy, you'd be making four balls for the game these days. You'd be number six. I was thinking about that, too. I probably would be in that five or six million. Yeah, but then you, you'd be in the box. So, but your day, you just flipped it over the glass because yeah. you had no play. Now, now you're yeah. in the box. <laughs> Is that true? You think of all the rules they got now that I was doing all the time that I, I just, you know, shooting the box, yeah, hooking and holding and crossing. Oh, you know what? You get shot comes from the point. The defense would just grab your stick. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, they got three refs out there. They got, I'm going to say it, three, two, but oh, cameras. We used to do stupid stuff like when we first started wearing masks, we'd put Vaseline on the outside of our gloves and then we just rub the glove up against his uh, shield and then he couldn't see anymore. <laughs> they couldn't get the Vaseline off. So he'd have to go change his helmet. So the biggest thing is like, I just go to back to people like, what was that Colorado Detroit stuff like? It goes crazy. Yeah. yeah. Like with the games, like, okay, now the games, junior, like there's a certain time between whistles, the linesman skate past, hurry up, get your stick in, they drop it. Those games, like your Islander games and Ranger games, yeah. our Colorado games and, and Detroit games, they were 315, and they didn't stop. 
and now they cut alcohol off after two periods in all these buildings because of what do you, safety and all this stuff, whatever law regulations. They're the never, never closed in Detroit. They, yeah. Before overtimes, guys on their 70th beer, like, oh, I know. <laughs> That's dropping that shit, throwing shit at her butt. Like, can you file? Oh, it was wild, yeah. Oh, well, buddy, I mean this very seriously. You're a very motivated person uh, as a player to do what you did to be in the minors that long and literally fight your way to the National Hockey League, ultimately playing with Wayne Gretzky, winning the cup, going to the finals, all those things you did. So very proud that I'm a part of your life and that uh, you're doing well. Good to see you again. Good to be on, buddy. And hit me up next year. I got a couple more stories. Perfect. We'll do it again. Definitely, definitely. Mail me a gift card, would you? See you yeah, yeah, McDonald's, $5. Yeah, perfect. Get see you guys get later. See you, buddy. Thanks, Mark. Cheers, man. Bye-bye. All right, uh, we are uh, rolling. <laughs> There's an app called Duolingo. You need to download it and, and sit around your phone. Perfect Italian. No, it wasn't. So lately, Tom's around this kick where he's trying to speak with accents, and that's the effort you get. And, and here's the thing, too. I, I'm like this with everything. I'm realizing more and more all the time. I actually think I'm really good. Like, I think when, I'm doing, <laughs> when I do the accent, oh, man, that's perfect. I nailed it. That's self-awareness. Oh, so, how about something in Scottish? Can you do something in Scottish? Or lobbies. No, that, that's not. No, or... Scottish, bro. <laughs> My Scottish lad. There it is. How about that? That, that would have actually close. Scottish lad. That was pretty good. There you go. Actually, but I think I get confused between Scottish and Irish. Is there similar? Yeah. Very similar. But Scottish is more like Sean Connery. You got to do. Oh, that's Sean Connery. That eats his Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts. Roll those R's. Anyway, we had a, we had your client out who didn't fire you. What a great episode with the with Bud. And I thought he was Bundy like Chris Terry and Philly is Bundy, but he's Bundy after Al Bundy. Oh, Warren's Bundy after King Kong Bundy, the wrestler, which is great. One of my favorite clients, favorite people I was involved in. Really, I, hopefully I helped him in his career. Um, but he really helped me in my career as well. Yeah. Like really, uh, he was one of the guys. I mean, I, I, again, we'll hear on the show, but I just told him what he had to do and he went there. Yeah, that's and, awesome. Uh, and what he did, what he did to play in the NHL was. Yeah, they heard it on the show. And then it, you, you had a, your first cup champion as a client, which was great. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh, and talking to him about the hit, win the cup the night they won the cup. Yeah. I mean, reliving that with him. That was pretty cool. Like I was starting to get goosebumps a little bit. You know, like everybody knows, you can't touch the truck, the cup, unless you plan, especially unless you win it as a player or if you're part of the league. But as fans, you go to Toronto and touch it in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. But did you drink out of it? Yes, we did. Oh, yeah, we did. Right. Yeah, we waited till three or four in the morning because uh, it got into overtime. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't let anybody in the locker room until the team was cut together for at least an hour. Then they uh, brought friends and family in. And yeah, yeah, that's a good move. And Mary was so hot. I had the suit on and everything. And we were in Miami and it's three or four in the morning. The guys were all sweaty in the room and a little bit. So it was, but I didn't care. It was one of those days, nights just like, I, I couldn't wait to get in there. Sure. That's were you following them around in the cup or just go to the, the game four? I, I went to game four. We were up three. They were up three. So yeah. I, we assumed that they were going to win. And uh, yeah, that was, that was a cool night. It's a cool night for me too, selfishly, kind of because you know, this is my first client that won a Stanley Cup. Right. Uh, so and again, the way it happened with him. Fighting like it wasn't like he was a star player. He, he had to literally fight his way to the sure, National sure. to play at that ultimate Olympic Cup. And some great moments for him. You know, uh, I, and again, it really made me look springboarded me in my career because legitimate. You were more legitimate then. Yeah, because here's this guy who was banging around the minors, and all of a sudden I get him as an agent, yeah. and then you got a con- you got contract. You got on a cup winning team. You got a, you got a part of a great run. Yeah, and yeah, that's got to make you feel good. And yeah. you know, we I asked him if. We've asked a lot of these guys, like, if you could do it all over again, would you change anything? And they almost to a man, they say no. Yeah. But he's the first one who said, yeah, he would probably change. I was a little bit surprised, yeah, because, yeah, yeah the beating his body took, because he sure. talks about it too. He was tough, but he wasn't as big as Martin McSorley, Bob Probert, 
Uh, but he was fighting those guys too. And and he knew he had to do it and he continued to do it throughout his career too. Sometimes guys would get in the NHL as fighters kind of back away from the fighting role. Of course. But but he, uh, 600 pims his first two seasons with the, with that's crazy. They they weren't cheap tripping dollies either. They were all fights. Yep. But what, what a great episode. He seems like he's in a really good place and a good friend of yours had a lot of good things to say about you. It's good. Yeah. Awesome episode. Great show. Great show by Natties. Oh boy. All right, grasshoppers. Thank you for listening. We had a fantastic show. We'll see you next time. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply.